Welcome to the Slamming Door Sessions, a reality creation podcast where we slam the door to anything that is not our idea. With your amazing hosts, Kristen M.F. Clark and authentic Cynthia Senna-Sarravache. Join us in a radical embodiment of our ideal states. Hi guys, welcome to a new episode of the Slamming Door Sessions podcast. Thank you for being here with us again. My name is Cynthia, currently playing with the state wealthy woman Cynthia. I am here with two amazing ladies, Kristen M.F. Clark, which you already know and love. And we have a wonderful, wonderful guest. I am going to let Kristen introduce her. But before we get into it, if you're watching this on YouTube, don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, share, turn on notifications so you don't miss any of our upcoming episodes. And now without further ado, let Kristen introduce our guest and our subject for today. Hey guys. Okay. So I'm so excited for today, by the way. Welcome to the world famous Slamming Door Sessions. And with us today is Janet Anderton. And Janet and I le- uh, met back in 2020 on another podcast I had. And we met, of course, if you're interacting with law of attraction or law of assumption or any kind of manifestation, fun and joy, you're going to play a lot with synchronicity, right? Just serendipitous situations that just kind of make you go, oh my God, I got chills. And that was exactly how Janet and I uh, met. And we met through um, a common theme of loving death, you know, not from the space of the classic death is bad that, you know, oh my, my life is joyful and everything is perfect. Oh, except for that thing right over there, which would be death, right? Death always seems to be what Janet coined the last big bugaboo. And I had just recently uh, put my own dog of 17 years, who was my partner in crime, down, and Janet had uh, lost her husband. And it was amazing how death gave us both a fantastic experience and it wasn't a bad experience and it could it could switch to that but through these special beings in our lives that decided to croak so that we could shift ourselves shift our world right shift who we are take this last big gnarly thing that society deems is so horrible and choose to see something so much different choose to see a space of joy and celebration and and both of us getting blown away by it and so we came together for that and I'm going to let Janet introduce herself and go forward and today's podcast we really it's it's going to be an exploration for all three of us here because death is coming forward right now and asking to be seen in a different light and um so take it away, Janet. Thank you so much, um, Kristen and Cynthia. Um, it's wonderful to be here. So I got super excited when Kristen reached out and wanted to talk about death. It's it's uh, it's one of my favorite subjects. I know that sounds so bizarre to say, but uh, it is one of my favorite subjects because um, after my husband made his transitioned by suicide in December of 2007. So it's been 15, we're right at the 15 year mark. And, um, you know, initially I was in shock and then, but you know what feeling came to me shortly after that was relief for him because I realized that he was, he just couldn't get his joy on. He couldn't find any more what lit him up. And uh, trust me, I I tried many things to, you know, uh, call him forward, but it wasn't my place because we're all on our own individual journey. And so he made his transition. So I, I but I very distinctly remember uh, thinking, you know, besides the shock of being good for you, good for you, for taking back your power and doing what was right for you. 
And as you know, my favorite spiritual teacher, Abraham Hicks says, all death is suicide. And it, it doesn't matter how we get to that state. And uh, to piggyback onto that, there is no death. It's only life and more life. And so I began to uh, pretty immediately begin to feel his presence in his new state. I liken it to being, think of, he changed forms. So he was no longer in the physical form. He's now in a, in a new, you know, hey, party. He left all the worldly stuff behind, all the worries and the physical pains and the struggle. And he's like, Woohoo, I'm this free floating energy now. You know, let's have a party. And, um, you know, we leave all that other crap behind. We take our, they do have wicked senses of humor, I will say. Uh, and they do take that sense of humor with them. But um, I, and then a few months, a short time later, I went to an Abraham Hicks workshop here in San Antonio. In April of 2008, and I was called up to the hot seat. And I wanted to know my question to Abraham was, What did I do to create this in my reality? Because it was so, you know, the horrificness of it um, and the shock of it, you know, you're blipping along, and then all of a sudden, oops, <laughs> you, you know, your life is just the life you knew just vanished into thin air. So it left me kind of you know, I had to readjust. I had to expand as a human being. And so um, Abraham told me, they said, what if you were to go out and start um, telling a new story that there is no death? And uh, I was like, and I knew, I knew in the moment and people came up to me after that session of visiting with them and said, you don't even look like the same person that came in this morning. Uh, Cause I was the second one called up and they said, you look like a different person. And so there was something that shifted so deeply within me. And um, it's like, okay. And so here, here we are, fast forward 15 years later, uh, because, <clears throat> you know, of course I was trying, I kept trying to figure out the how of it and trying to wrestle myself with it and try to reason myself like, ooh, do you really want to be talk to people, you know, because it's not a popular subject. People don't want to talk about this subject. It's, it's the one subject, uh, probably next to money and financial stuff that people try to avoid. So, um, you know, I've, but, you know, it's so funny. I, I think that the universe has just been humoring me and uh, they are now stepping up their game and calling me forward in a stronger way. So um, that's, you know, my intention is, and the signs are everywhere. It, it's, it's like, like I say, like they're an ice cube, you know, think of an ice cube, but ice cube is a solid form. It melts and it turns into a puddle of water. And so think of changing forms uh, as in, in the transition or death process. That's what it's like. We change forms. We go from, um, you know, one form, this living, breathing, physical flesh, blood and bony body into uh, pure positive love, liquid love, I like to call it, you know, pure non-physical energy that just is pure love. It's pure, it's pure love. And I, I, I'm curious, what do you do? Like, how do you approach people who want to talk about it? Or, I mean, do, is it, are you currently coaching people about it? Like, what do you do with this subject? No, 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 no. I mean, Right now, I'm in the it's in the birthing process. So, uh, you know, what I've always been called to do was to write a book, but um, that still at this moment feels a little too big. So I'm starting, I'm starting small, not to overwhelm myself with a Facebook page. And uh, I'm going to ask, I, I want people, I want to create a community, a private Facebook group where people can share their stories about their connections um, with their non-physical um, loved ones and furry friends, you know, a safe space, because let's face it, you know, if I were to go knock on my next door neighbor's door and start blabbering on about how, you know, the light in my kitchen, it's a ceiling, you know, a can light. And one of them talks to me all the time or how, I have a staples easy button and it goes off at times just, you know, 
when you hit, when you press it, it says that was easy. But when I don't press it, it still says that was easy, you know? So, so that, but that, that one light in the middle, right above my stove and sink, it goes on and off. It's like an indicator. So they are always present and focused with us. So I want to create a community. And then, you know, if people, I'm there, there's not going to be any, um, I'm not about the action. This is this is an attraction thing. And those who are wanting to no longer be in that state of suffering um, and agonizing and the loss and the missing over a loved one or for a friend, then I'm available. Um, so this is not, you know, this is, I want, it has to be fun. It has to be easy. Love that. You guys can hear me, right? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I have a little button down here and I try to mute every once in a while if I'm making noise. And so I know, and then I'm like, am I on mute or off mute? Oh my gosh. And you know, what I really love is that Janet is coming from the space of law of attraction and Cynthia and I tend to come from the space of law of assumption. And I love this. I love bringing the two together to see how they can play how, and why not? Because we are the creators of our reality. Yep. So there truly is no law of attraction, law of assumption. Any of those. It's just our states, right? Our state of being, our state of mind, our I am, I am, I am happy. I am successful. I am whatever. And I, I, I love seeing this from that space. You know, I am in touch with my husband who passed away. Um, or, re, you know, seeing that he, you know, I love seeing you talking about this, the state, uh, and you were, you were saying no hows, because one of the things Cynthia and I always say is no hows, only wows. And because, yeah, just, just kicking back and letting your world, letting your state delight you. Because whatever state, whatever I am, you move into, it already has all those manifestations into place. You don't have to try and manifest all these little things. You just move into your I am space. And, and, and be, you know, for me, it's like, like today, I have a young lady who uh, usually comes and helps me work in this yard, this giant yard uh, every Friday. And, um, she's she's supposed to come today and she's like I'm not sure I don't know and through that space I could have been in the place of oh god is she gonna come is she not gonna come I don't know what I'm gonna do I can't plan out my day or I can just picture the day the two of us working together and and then let it go because when I move into that space of oh yeah she's coming tomorrow you know whether I've heard from her or not oh yeah, she's coming tomorrow and this is what we're going to do. And I'm so glad that we get it all done. You know, there, Matt. And so, of course, you know, I went to bed. I still hadn't heard from her. I woke up this morning and of course there's a text from her saying, oh, I'll be there at nine. And I'm I'm like, of course she will. (laughs) And she never comes at nine either. She always comes at eight. And I had told her before, I was like, I'd like you to come a little later. It's kind of cold at eight. And oh no, I can't do that. Well, of course, see how it always works out. It always works out because you choose to move into the state of the I am. So when my dog passed away and um, what, you know, my previous dog I had before this one, I mean, it was gut-wrenching when she passed away. It was just the worst thing in the world. And I really had moved into, I don't want that to happen with this dog. I don't, when this dog passes away, I don't want to be in that gut-wrenching sadness. And so I really started thinking, why? Why do I have to shift from a state of joy? Because I love my dog and we go and play in the park and we have fun and she cracks me up when she's chasing lizards, da-da-da, to suddenly shift to the state of, she's gone. And I realized I don't have to. This is my choice. This is my world. This is my reality. I choose. And the hardest thing was I didn't know what that state was, the state of joy with death. I didn't know what that was. I never heard of anybody who could do that. I didn't. I never heard of it, you know. And when you said relief, 
That was it. That was it. Because, yeah, I can say my dog, you know, went from being in pain and and the relief of of what Abraham says of, you know, they're they're jumping and they're happy. and, And, you know, they just they just croaked and went from misery and soreness and and all of that to I feel good. I get to be a puppy again and all of that. But for me, it was even bigger. And it was like, it wasn't my dog's relief. It was my relief, my relief there. And I felt guilty for that relief. I shouldn't feel relief that my dog dies. And now my life is easier. You know, my life is easier. It's, It's not easy to lug around with you a being that isn't as fun and joyful as that being used to be. And to have the relief of, oh, God, they're gone. You know, I get to be more free now. Oh, my God. Yeah, that, that, how, how dare you, (laughs) right? How dare you feel that way? But to, to really move into it and, and give myself permission to feel that relief and then to know that version of myself to be introduced to that version of myself, the version of myself that I gave full reign to go for it, feel relief, feel, feel good that you don't have to worry about your dog going up and down stairs and falling and hurting yourself or just the, you know, the, the shackles of, Oh, I can't go here. I can't go there. Cause I have this dog and she's old now. And, you know, and, and to love ourselves so much that we give ourselves that gift. And through that, of course, if you want to play in the space of, you know, you're also giving them that gift as well. And, and it's just all such a beautiful, loving space. Cynthia, I don't know if you got anything out of that. <laughs> I, I do have a question. Janet mentioned something before. Um, I'm not quite sure. I think you quoted someone about um, all death is suicide. Can, yes. can you talk about that a little more? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, it's funny. And, and let me preface this by saying it's not just the, the transition of my husband so violently. Um, about 18 months before that, my first grandchild was stillborn. So that is really and truly kind of what brought me to my knees. Uh, so I have lots, of, let me just say, I have lots of experience. And now, of course, so many other people that I love have made their transition. My mother, my uncle, friends, um, a boyfriend that I was just starting a relationship with. So I have so many, you know, I, I, it feels like at times that I have more friends on the other side than I do in physical <laughs> sometimes. I know that's not true, but that's the way it feels because they're, they're always on, they're always here. But so um, after I was, I mean, the whole, my daughter was full-term uh, pregnant. It was two weeks um, before her due date. And this perfect little boy was stillborn. And um, it brought me to my knees. Not only did I lose, the, you know, I mean, it, and and I, I even want to normalize or unnormalize saying loss because we don't really lose anything. But his purpose wasn't to walk on the planet. And so in my, I was just, I didn't know what to do. And a, and a dear friend of mine at the time recommended the book, Ask and It Is Given by Abraham Hicks. So not to mention that I had seen them in uh, The Secret, it, which had been recommended to me like 20 times until I finally watched it. And they were the ones that stood out the most to me. And so that is their teaching. And, and it fully when I heard those words that all death is suicide, I was like, oh, my God, this is so true, you know. And so it it really resonated with me. It might not resonate with other other people. And that's OK, because we all create our own reality. So it's a choice. It's a perception. I want to. Um, so think about we are conditioned. We are trained into seeing death. In, 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 in the suffering and the grief. Abraham Hicks also says, when asked, what is the appropriate amount of time for grieving? And they say, no time at all. None, none. Because grief 
is a useless emotion. It does not feel good. So if we are holding ourselves in that state of grief, then we are essentially torturing ourselves. And um, that is not why we are here on this planet. So, uh, but think about young children. I'm talking children that are, you know, two, three, four, five, maybe six. Uh, by that time, they usually begin to get some conditioning. They don't know if someone, uh, a grandparent or somebody in their family dies, they don't really, it's not a big deal to them because they haven't, it's a, so this perception, this way that we look at, at and view death has been trained into us. So why can't we just make a decision to see it differently, have a new perspective? You know, how can I see this differently? And that is what it feels like. And that lesson has, I don't even like the word lesson, that experience, that expansion has come full circle for me to, see, to be able to see it differently because uh, I wholeheartedly agree and I've lived it time and time again um, that there is no death. They're, they just change forms. Um, my grandson's name was the one that the first grandchild, his name was Mason. And after uh, my daughter, you talk about gut-wrenching, you know, because she had to come home from the hospital with empty arms, without a baby. And we had to go home to her house where some very thoughtful, kind, loving friend had left a huge baby gift on their front porch. And we had to open the front door and we had to go into the house and we had to go into that nursery where there was no baby. Talking about, you might as well just put your hands in my chest, ripped out my beating heart, because I was devastated, as were they, as was my, I mean, it was devastating. It was just devastating. So um, it was just not, it was not fun. And, you know, thankfully, again, I was being called forward. So I, I do fully believe that I have, I am here. You know, it's so funny. I'd spent many, many years asking myself, you know, what is my purpose? You know, why am I here on the planet? What is the deal? You know, I don't, I don't feel like I've done anything remarkable or extraordinary. You know, I'm just a, just a human. And, you know, once all this stuff started occurring, I was like, oh, okay, I get it. But then, you know, there's that part of me that, you know, I'm a resistant, stubborn little, stubborn little being. And uh, so I, you know, the universe is, but the universe is going to get my attention kicking and screaming. It doesn't matter. And they're a patient. It's a patient energy and it will wait. But, you know, I feel like right now, you know, so, um, you know, the Facebook page, uh, Dearly Not So Departed, um, has been created. It is a work in progress. The soon there is a there will be a Dearly Not So Departed website that will accompany and uh, accompany that. But it's not, you know, it, it's a work in progress. But. Like I said, it, she, I sent an IM to Kristen and I said, you know, it's like sometimes for me, you know, maybe I hope it's easier for both of you, but sometimes a burning bush has to fall out of the sky and bop me in the head. Um, and so that was what Kristen's, well, and the day, in all honesty, um, <laughs> the, the day before a friend had reached out, I've done uh, some channeling and, um, a friend had reached out to me and asked me if I would come out because I kind of told, she's asked me a couple of times and she said, I really would love to have a channeling session. Can you come out of retirement? And for whatever reason, I couldn't say no to her. I'm like, yep, I'm doing it. So yes. Um, so again, the burning bushes will fall out of the sky and bop me in the head pretty hard. <laughs> that was amazing. I have to say, I had never heard that phrase before the one that oh. says every every death is suicide and wow <laughs> it is <laughs> it is so true and if you know for for the people listening uh who know about the love assumption and who understand that we create our own reality, the moment we change planes, it's also our own creation. So regardless if it's 
with sickness or with suicide or with just while we're sleeping, it is also our creation. And it is so interesting, this phrase, you know, <laughs> that summarizes that fact. So really, really, really interesting. And I think for me, I think that's the highlight <laughs> of this conversation. It was like, wow, that's so true. I was sitting there going, I got to know what Cynthia thinks about this, because in the Neville Goddard teachings, he talks about the bearing the old man and moving into the new man. And that's exactly what this is. And so when you yeah. say, you know, and and Cynthia has never interacted with uh, Abraham or, or Esther Hicks. Okay. So so she, that's what is so cool is I love that. But the whole again, we're talking about shifting states and shifting states is simply yeah. bearing the old version of you, letting the old version of you go. And it was very, very powerful for me just now to watch you, Janet, shift in back into the old man of the baby died we walked into the house my heart I mean you literally before my very eyes shifted and and then you moved back into the new man and it really is you know you get a lot of people that are like oh I'm trying to let that go but I don't I can't and da, 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 da. and it's like because you haven't buried the old man you haven't let that old man yeah. And I, I always joke around that sometimes you got to pour concrete on that son of a bitch because they just they just drag themselves back out of the grave. And, yeah. you know, and when we're talking about death and you say there is no death um, and Cynthia knows this about me, I've had three near death experiences and I don't even call them near death experiences. They were death experiences. I literally die. And I learned through those, there is no death. There is just a shifting of states. You just shift states. So whether you're shifting states by working in this job and you quit and you go to a new job and now you're a whole new person in a whole new job and, you know, that, that can be a minor shift or you could be like in a whole new town and a whole new job and all new people and new friends. I mean, that's a huge shift of states. Regardless, that's all suicide, right? You just killed off the old person. Yeah. And it's like, you always bring it back to you. You, you are like, so when my dog died, I decided I was done with that version of me. I was done with the version of me that is the dog owner and, and has this dog that does everything with me. And I had decided I'm taking in the way I did it is by taking her to a vet and going through the ceremony of giving her the shot. And that was how I buried that old man. But regardless, it was a suicide. I killed off the dog owner, Kristen, right? And so when you, you heard in the beginning, Cynthia is playing with the wealthy woman, Cynthia, and I am now Kristen M.F. Clark. I am not Kristen Clark anymore. I'm Kristen M.F. Clark. It is a suicide. It was a killing off of that old version of me because I was done playing there. I was done playing, but it doesn't mean I don't absolutely head over heels love that version of me love who I was and so I love you know that for Cynthia and I kind of want Cynthia to go a little bigger here um, on this whole every death is suicide it is a choice to shift states you know what I was thinking also when Janet said there is no death and Kristen had mentioned that before but we never really went into talking about death. So here we are. <laughs> um, you know, it really, of course, makes me think of oneness, you know, and if we are all the same being, well, of course, if you are me, I am you, then we are eternal and there is no disappearing, you know, and like Janet was saying, it's just a change in state you know but janet was talking about state from you know liquid to something else you know it's from solid to liquid from liquid to something else and it is the same way for us you know it's there is no death because we are this one eternal being we are consciousness and it is so interesting to think about it because you know i always when I think about 
our reality and this physical reality, I think about it as a dream, right? And I compare it to when we are dreaming ourselves, like our, as humans, right? So if you are having a simple dream of you having conversation with a friend, right? And you have this friend in front of you and you are, you know, across the table and you're sitting in a chair and you are talking, who is your friend? You know, like, you know, you are you because you are seeing this dream from your eyes, from the experience of being inside your body and being yourself. But then who is your friend? Well, your friend is also you because he is made of the same substance of your dream and he exists within your mind and he is you. Oh, the only thing is that you do not perceive yourself from their perspective, but they're you. And then I, I love to go one step further and ask, and who's the table? <laughs> you know? The table is also you. It is made of the same substance of you and your friend, and it exists within you. And it is also you. Also, it's just not self-aware, and you are not seeing the experience of the dream from the perspective of the table, but it is made of the same thing you're made of. It's part of you, and it exists within you. And so I see this reality from that same perspective. Like I see this dream from my perspective, but every other character is also me, made of me and existing within me. And also this table and the clothes and every inanimate being and inanimate thing and the, the animate beings that are not human. So of course, <laughs> none of these can die you know and and so that is what for me it means that there's no such thing as death you know we are the same being made of the same being existing in the same being and there is no stopping that existence like we are eternal and we're just shifting from states from being aware to not being aware and, and yeah, so that that's the way I see the not dying. That was beautiful. Uh, Cynthia does that all the time. I, you know, I love that you use the analogy of the dream. I love that because that was perfect. Yeah, because it's all within your mind, right? All these things within my dream just came to being from my mind. So they're all me. They're all, they, they, they were birthed through me. Oh, I love that. That was so good. It was, and it really helps you to see how you're, you're just shifting stories. You're just shifting dreams. I was dreaming this one and then everything in there is over with. Now I'm over here dreaming this. Oh, that was so good. Janet. That was amazing. I love that. No, the dream analogy really is, you know, Wow. I mean, that, you know, that's probably as profound for me today as the there is no death thing or all death is suicide for you. But yeah. So I love these conversations where we expand, we expand our minds, we expand our consciousness. And, you know, because um, we are energetic beings, everything is energy. Every single thing is that in this physical existence is a state of energy in some form or other. And so, you know, and I just, Death is no big deal. You know, croaking, um, that is Abraham Hicks term for dying because they said to make as much fun of it as possible, um, which a lot of times they get booze in their audience. Not really, not so much anymore. But when I started, um, you know, back in 2006, when I started going to workshops in person, um, you know, there would be some hissing and booing over that statement because this is not mainstream. This is this is leading edge. This is, these are leading edge conversations. Um, but, you know, I, I'm not here to question why I'm having these conversations about death with a smile on my face, because I'm here for that reason to talk about this subject and to spread the message that there is no there is no death. There's only life and more life. 
You know what I love is a friend of ours. She um, very big on law of assumption, but she realized that she was assuming that other people were not big on this. You know, other people didn't like this, might boo or hiss at something you say. And she realized that it's her assumptions that create her reality. So she chose to change her assumption to everybody loves this conversation. Everybody. Yes. And so it was interesting when you said you experienced boos and hisses. I'm like, I've been to a lot of their seminars. I never, everybody's just always in this state of joy and celebration. And, oh my God, I love that. And I realized it's always the assumptions and how wonderful, how absolutely wonderful to go, oh, how cool. Now I get to shift my, my dream. Again, yeah. I get to shift the assumptions of my dream, rewrite my dream. Cynthia, <laughs> you had uh, some? No, 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 no. Oh, okay. <laughs> you, you were wiggling. I thought. Uh, yeah, I just, <laughs> it's my thing. And it, it's so, I love doing this. I love going, oh, I'm assuming that. All right, let's, just, let's shift that assumption. Because your entire world is, re- is a reflection of all your assumptions. Bottom line, your entire world. So if you assume that you can't go over to your neighbor's house and say, hey, this light talks to me, that's, <laughs> you know, and for all you know, your neighbor is going to go, oh, my God, I'm so glad you said that because my lawnmower talks to me, you know, <laughs> and I had that happen. I was I was renting a room in a mansion and the owner was just very much, you know, old school generation toe the line Republican. This is how, you, you know, it, as, as I don't know what you want to call it as, as, as solid as can be. There's no airy fairy. And I decided I wasn't going to look at her that way anymore. I decided that, you know, everybody, everybody has the stories of the fantastical. Yes. Everybody has them and they're so eager to share them and they are. And so sure enough, the very next day I'm downstairs and we get to talk in and she's like, what is it you really do? And so I start telling her and she goes, Oh my God. I've got some stories to tell you. And so, yeah, she starts launching into these stories of how her dead husband helps guide her. And I mean, it, I love it. That's where I come alive is when I'm like going, Oh, I just caught myself in an assumption that's limiting my, my dream. I'm limiting my dream. Come on, let's shift that. And such a good point. Such a the good results point. are always immediate. Always. Yeah, well, and that that is the other thing that Abraham, um, you know, when I visited with Abraham in 2008, they said, um, you know, you're not connecting to your deceased loved one where they were in this physical body. You're connecting them, connecting with him where he is now in this new, you know, energy state, this liquid love state, this pure positive energy because, you know, it's like a poof. So we leave the physical body and we just go into this poof of energy. You know, it's not, it's not definable. It's just the air we breathe, you know. And, and you and I had talked about that before. You yeah. had reached out to me because you were in a state of sadness. And I said, well, that's because yeah. you're trying to find him where yeah. he was. Yeah, You're exactly. not reaching out to who he is now. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Like you yeah. said, pure positive energy. And how it's, awesome. pure, it's true. It's pure positive energy. And so that's, you know, the space that I want to create and just the, the, you know, I have, and I, I have so many friends that have, you know, dear, dear friends who her adult son just made his transition, you know, and uh, he came to me like almost immediately to give a message to his mother. And it was very strong. And, my friend is not law of attraction or law of anything other than a very staunch Catholic upbringing. So, but her other, she has two children and eight years ago, her, her daughter made her transition. So her two children have made their transition, but you know, she's been around me enough and we share such love for each other that, you know, when her son came to me to give me that message immediately, because I hadn't even talked to her yet, but I knew I felt him. 
And he said, you know, to tell his mother that he loves her very much and that there was nothing that she could have done because, uh, you know, he, yeah. And she knew, she, she knew. And so when I told her, uh, when we were able to talk a few hours later, I told her, I said, yeah, your son, he's already been in contact with me. So, um, you know, I, and why that happens, I don't know. I can't explain it. Um, <laughs> but I just go with it because I feel that that's what I'm being called. So that's why I want to create this safe space for people to share stories like that of their connect. And, and just sometimes I know we shouldn't need validation, but sometimes it's nice to validate amongst a group of other people, these experiences. And, you know, maybe you're right, you know, law of assumption. But anyways, I'm going to put it out there. And because that's what I'm being called to do. And, um, you know, I'm not, it's, it's all done from a place of inspiration and with no attachment to the outcome, just to be of service and to provide a uh, space. That's beautiful. <laughs> we are going to share that for all of you who are interested in joining the group. We are going to share that information in the section, the information section below. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, I, you know, and I love that. I, I, I can't wait to see um, what, what evolves from that. Cause I know again, you and I came back together again, just out of the fluke. And actually what it was, was a Facebook memory of our interview <laughs> came funny. up and I just went, oh, that's right. That was such a great conversation. And I went looking for that interview on my YouTube and I can't find it. And that's what made me go, that's it. I'm going to do another one with Janet because I can't find the original one, which makes no sense because the one before you and the one after yours is right there. But for some reason in that space, and if yours had been there, I wouldn't have reached out to you. Well, and it's, it's interesting, Kristen, because as a human, you know, we are always growing and expanding and I'm in such a different energy about this than I was two years ago, even, you know, it's, it's, yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting because I really, um, I don't know, I've integrated it more into myself and I've basically assigned, you know, we're talking about the law of assumption. I'm, I'm assigning new, you know, we get, we are the creators of our own reality and we get to assign whatever meaning we want to anything in our experience, anything whatsoever, we get to assign that meaning, not society, not religion, not some, you know, political uh, party or system, not the government, we get to decide and to assign any meaning to anything in our life. Yeah. And we get to revise. We yeah, get to, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we yeah. get to revise that society fully embraces death from the space of joy from the space yeah, so, of a celebration and then yeah. sit back and get blown away by what what arises what comes up not okay how am i going to make this happen how am i going to make society change just sit back and go nah, it's always been great it's always been amazing and i love it and then see you know again we talked about the shifting of the states and then the manifestations that are already in those states and it's so easy it's just it, so it, it really, it really, well, and that was the beauty, you know, after my, my husband made his transition, I, um, you know, I was, I didn't, I was just kind of numb to life for a while. And I really didn't give a shit <laughs> about, uh, I, my, my only thing was, you know, based on what I was just being acclimated and growing into the teachings of Abraham Hicks and having that new perspective. I just, you know, I wanted to be happy. I, and I knew that's what he wanted for me, but I wasn't in a real good financial position and I really wasn't paying a whole lot of attention. I was just, you know, having a good old time. And so I sold our house because I knew almost immediately that that was going to happen. And I sold our house uh, about eight months later and packed, put stuff in storage, moved to, moved to another state and, 
stayed there for three months, ended up staying in Colorado. That's where I went to visit my, my cousin. But the cool thing is my, <laughs> and this is a manifestation story of great proportion, I think. Um, I manifested from a life insurance policy. You know, I, he committed suicide. So I didn't think any uh, life insurance was going to pay. And I got two payouts. I got a $10,000 payout from a policy I had had on him for quite a few years. And then when I was in Colorado, supposedly temporarily at first, but my friend from Texas sent me um, a box of mail. And lo and behold, there was a letter or two letters in there from his former, from a former employer that said um, that I was getting to the tune of about $33,000 of life insurance money. So I'm, I'm sitting up in Evergreen, Colorado in this house and on the floor going through mail. And I opened this letter and I'm like, how did this find me? You know, so the, <laughs> So $33,000 out of thin air, that was, you know, I was blown away. I was blown away. Out of thin air. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I love it. Found, it. I, uh... it found me. It found me, you know, in Colorado. I wasn't, you know, and, and he hadn't had any interactions with these people for, you know, several years. And then, I mean, how did they know that he died? You know, I mean, but I didn't ask why. I asked why I very graciously accepted that manifestation yeah I love it I love how you said it like it found me you know and I was thinking about it yesterday about how about the how you know and the general worry about the how yeah. and you just you can let it go because it's inevitable you know right, if you right. are manifesting something it's inevitable it would found you it will find you no matter how <laughs> but it will right. exactly exactly and you know, the funny thing is, if I would have tried to demand or orchestrate or force that to happen, it would have been just a, um exercise in futility. And, you know, but I wasn't thinking about it. I just I, I, I just believed that things were going to work out for me and that I was going to thrive and be happy and have a good life. And, you know, granted, you know, that's not a gargantuan sum of money. I mean, it, I, you know, it was a pretty nice sum of money, but um <laughs> That's pretty nice sum of money, but you know, um, yeah, I just, and it definitely, you know, helped me. Um, but yeah, I was so in such awe and, and gratitude for, you know, that's just a bizarre story. You know, how does that, how does that even happen? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's that how again, <laughs> how does that even happen? So this previous week, and I'm notorious for these physical things, um, I was working in the yard and I, I stood up, stepped back, and I stepped on a little solar light that caused me to roll my ankle so bad, I heard a pop. And it was immediate pain. And I'm just like, oh. And I'm thinking, okay, it's nothing, it's nothing. But I could feel my, my I wouldn't even be able to put any weight on my foot. And so I kind of hopped my way over to my little golf cart and I sat down, I took the shoe off and I was rubbing, rubbing. And I put the shoe back on and I was like, Oh, I am done for the day. And so I, of course, I, and I'm immediately thinking, oh, I can't have this. I got all these things to do. I can't be injured. And right away I'm like, well then revise it. You revise these things all the time. I'm always getting hurt and fixing it. And it's not a problem. And I'm like, yeah, but this is the big one, you know, and when I took my shoe off, it's already turning black right in the section where I heard the pop and I'm going, oh, this, but this is the big one. You know, this, I've already got evidence that there's problems and that, you know, there's all that. And I'm like, come on, Chris, you know, better than this. So I come in the house and I put my foot up and I'm thinking, you know, I'm in the state of kind of panic. And I'm like, okay, you can't revise and panic. Who says you can't revise and panic? Come on, this is my world. I can do whatever I want. In a dream, I'll, I'll be in panic and it still works. So why not? So I, I was just like, okay, nothing happened. I stood up and I stepped backwards and I was fine. And I turned around and I finished my work and all is good. And from there, I got up and went to walk and it was like, bad I couldn't even walk and I'm like going this, this isn't working and then all of a sudden I had this desire to go get in the jacuzzi 
And I'm thinking, oh, man, if I just, you know, either broke a bone or sprained my ankle, you shouldn't put it in heat. And once again, I hear this thought of who says so? You want to get in the jacuzzi, you're cold, go do it. And I'm like, okay. So I put on my bathing suit and I go walk out to the walk. I go crawl out to the jacuzzi. I get in there and immediately, immediately the pain's gone. And me, I mean, it was just, and I'm kind of like feeling, moving my leg around and my foot around and going, wow, this is really cool. So I just <laughs> sit down and I just enjoy myself in the jacuzzi. And in that moment, I could see myself walking completely normal. When I get out of the jacuzzi, I'm walking completely normal. I could just see it. It was so vivid. And I could see myself when I was working in the yard, stepping back and missing that light and just being fine. It was just so vivid. And sure enough, got out of the jacuzzi, walked normal. And I'm, I'm like sitting there going, oh, my God, this is so cool. You know, and it, it, and I was fine. I've been fine ever since. And I looked down that that big old black line, gone. And it's fine. And it, it, it's just that stepping up and going, there is no how. There is no, when you're dreaming, I love, and this is just like totally sticking with me, Cynthia's analogy of the dream. When you're in a dream, there are no hows. You are, you can sit down to a piano and play. You can do whatever. And you can be in a state of panic. You can be in a state of pissed off and you still manifest like a motherfucker. You know, there's, there's no rules unless you are playing in the rules. And I, I just, oh, it's so exciting. I just love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> Anybody else want to finish on anything? Okay. No, I think it was great. Yes. Great conversations, great energy. Thank you. Yes. Yes, you guys. And so if if you have any comments, if you have anything you want to say, please fill in on the uh, comment sections down below. If you're listening on the uh, Anchor or Spotify or any of the podcast platforms, um, please, you know, leave a comment. Let us know. Reach out to us. All our information is always below. We'd love to hear from you. Your take on this. Yeah, all definitely. Right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Janet. And thank you for everyone listening, for being with us. And we will see you next time. Yes. Bye. Bye.